Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host, Nate Thomas, Andy Humpfeld, and we are Absent One. Absent Micah, who just lost his freaking job as the intro guy. <laughs> it took you one week to get better than him. Micah, <laughs> love you, buddy. You're fired. No, as he, the intro guy, I'm he, just kidding. He can have it. He yeah. can have it. No, he does just fine. I'm just messing with him. Uh-oh. How's Got it going, it. my friend? It's good. You know, I don't. It's, well, we, actually, it's a, it's a lot better than what it was for me. I uh, so I we have the, talked about this, so everybody knows that you had the vid. I had the Rona, yeah, yeah, and you didn't do so good with it. It it hit me pretty hard. I was I was I didn't get out of bed. This is probably the first time in my life I would say I was did not get out of bed for like three days. <laughs> Normally, I bounce back pretty quick. Yeah, I don't really get sick that often. I mean, but uh, you did this time. It had me down from about Tuesday to Thursday. Yeah. And, and this has been two weeks ago now. Right. What's weird is uh, how many shows do you think we've ever done where it's just you and I in the show and not Micah, all three of us? Usually I'd it feels like if it's, if it's if one of you is missing, it's usually you, not Micah, right. with me. And if all if you're here, usually it's all three of us. I'm not saying it's like a, I'm it's gotta be a literally handful. a handful in and like, we're the, at what, like uh, 80, 90 episodes we've done. I think this will be episode 92. 92. Should we yeah. probably like do something big for 100? We should probably consider it. That's not too far off. That's like two months probably, away. We should think about it. Huh. That's cool. Pretty Time flies when we're having fun. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Today's show is about shed hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, deer season in Missouri is now over. Into January 15th, right? All the different. That just means I have more place to Kyle hunt now. Yeah. All the different, uh, what do you call them? Seasons are over. I got some numbers for folks if they want to hear them. I saved it, so... I will have to say, I did get my ass kicked coyote hunting this weekend. Oh, you mean in a tournament you did? Yeah. I, what I do you know. mean, ass kicked? By, like, 15 coyotes. <laughs> they all kicked your ass, literally? No. Or you the, just didn't kill them? I don't know. The, 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 the biggest spread I've ever seen in a coyote tournament as far as, like, the winner versus... Like second place. Oh yeah, actually, the winning team that made the rounds too. Fifteen coyotes. Yeah, that, and that was a two day. And the second teams, like, there's five teams that that tied with seven. And that was a two day tournament or day, day and, and a half, half tournament. Day and a half. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, you brought that up, and I, I was like, you know, I might do that. And then I kind of talked to my wife for a second, and then I realized it was a full day and a half. That was the wrong thing to do after recovering from covid yeah like i was out of my 10 day quarantine i was yep. feeling good you know i was not 100 percent. i was beat i bet but but hey you didn't get time. skunked i mean you still you killed no, we four kill, we kill four yeah we kill four it was a good time yeah 
But uh, let's hear these numbers. The 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 wrap up for the season came in. MDC has their numbers. Mm-hmm. How many did uh, Old Missouri knock down? So for the 2021-2022 season, hunters in Missouri killed a grand total of 293,670 deer. That seems like a lot. Uh, 143,000 of them were bucks. 26,599 were button bucks and 124 were does. I'm going to ask a question I'm pretty sure you don't have the answer for, but how does that compare? Actually, I do think uh, this year's harvest total was slightly behind last year's mark by about 3%. Huh. I was we killed a little bit. I feel like we killed right at 300 last year or maybe a little more. Okay. I didn't know like to put in perspective. Uh, I like doing this. <laughs> I don't know why, but the top harvest counties overall total were mm-hmm. Franklin County. Okay. Texas County, okay. which we now know Texas where that is. Texas is always. Down south, yep. Yeah. And Callaway County, which oh. is, uh, I know where Callaway County yeah. is. Those were the top three um, counties in the state this year. I'm going to say Franklin's on the east Oh, here side. we go. Okay. Last year, that uh, we killed 297,214. Oh, wow. So this is a lot more then. So it was uh, about four to 5,000 less than last year. I thought we killed 300,000 this year. 293. 293 this year. I yeah. thought it was 340 something. My bad. It is your bad. Yep. God. So we killed, you know, what, 4,000 less than last year? Um, we actually, what's funny is though, last year we killed less antlered bucks last year than this year. We only killed 140,000 antlered bucks last year, 143 this year. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I like looking at these numbers, but it's fun. Um, archery results. I mean, I can, I can give more information, but. Uh, hunters checked 60,834 deer during the archery season this year, making it the third highest archery season on record. So it was a good early season then. Yep. Oh, no, archery season in total. <coughs> so early season. Early. I mean, yeah. Uh, top counties for archery season were Jefferson, St. Louis, and Franklin County. Sounds like the east Wait, side of the state. St. St. Louis County was one of the top archery seasons. Counties? Well, yeah, because most of the places they probably can't gun hunt. Yeah, but that's a small county, ain't it? Uh-huh. That throws it's me off. Pretty urban. Huh. It's crazy. And we killed about 7,000 less deer this archery year than we did last year. I don't know what I'm talking year. about. Anyways, those are some numbers for folks. I was thinking they might be interested. Yeah. Let's get into today's show, my friend. Which is quasi-related to those numbers. Because we're going to talk about shit, shit hunting. hunting. All the deer that did not get killed, you have a chance to find their shit. <laughs> They're going to drop their antlers. Yeah. Coming or up here in the probably next, you know, now to six weeks. Yeah, because this will come out, you know, first week of February, basically, February mm-hmm. 8th, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, they should be starting to drop. Some of them already have, obviously. And uh, so today's show, we have uh, author Mark Wallowitz on. <clears throat> he's uh, lived in Missouri now for 30 years, so he's uh, a Missourian just like us. Um, he actually wrote a book about shed hunting. <laughs> the name of his this book is—I is, have to say—probably the first uh, book author we've ever had on. You think? Yeah, probably. I'd say. Yeah, I'm glad I never mentioned him that I can't read. <laughs> Surprise! Nick <laughs> <laughs> like, can't read. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the name, the title of his book is uh, "Bullet Training and Training an Accidental Shed Dog." Uh, so the, the, the book is about his dog, Bullet, who kind of just stumbled into shed hunting. 
along with Mark. He kind of just stumbled into it. The the title is very appropriate based off of, you know, kind of the information he gave and the stories he told there. Yeah. So, uh, awesome show. Um, little teaser. You're going to want to listen to the whole show pretty closely. Yeah, make sure you listen to detail. There might be something at the end uh, in the, the form of a giveaway. giveaway. <laughs> uh, so, <coughs> let's talk about our sponsors before we get into today's show. Because without them, we couldn't do what we do. Right? No doubt. Um, so, we have uh, our awesome partners at Huntworth Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, just love working with them and, and continue uh, our relationship with them. You're really one of our first and major supporters we've had and stuck behind us and couldn't do what we do without them nope so uh, use the code mww15 if you want to save 15 percent off uh on your order with them their stuff's already affordable as hell we've talked about that before yep but um you know hey why not save 50 percent if you can't you know and right now it's snowing it's supposed to get like single digits tomorrow <laughs> originally a glove company and i will tell you right now there's nothing that keeps my hand warmer than some uh some huntworth gloves they have I, I can't even tell you how many different models they have, but I end uh, up taking my gloves off a lot because they get warm. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's they're pretty awesome. So check them out. Love working with them. Uh, another awesome partner of ours, Alps Outdoors, mm-hmm. Missouri-based company. Uh, do terrific things, um, both in what they sell and you know in the community. Uh, yep. They sponsor a lot of like youth hunts and uh, like to try to give back to. Um, Youth in the outdoors, more than anything, they actually have a... In Missouri company, too. Yeah, and they're Missouri-based company out of St. Louis. Um, so check them out, uh, alpsoutdoors.com or alpsbrands.com. And one of our newest uh, partners for 2022, Habitat Works. Um, Dustin Williams is a really knowledgeable guy when it comes to... Uh, what would you call that? The, the Habitat? <laughs> Did I say land, that correctly? Land management, habitat yeah, management. Land management, the habitat. Um, he's uh, really good at that. So if you're looking to get stuff done, we just had a show with Dustin two weeks ago. Um, and uh, still got the vid cough. I saw, yeah. Sorry, I still got a little cough. Uh, we just had a show with him two weeks ago. And, you know, now's the time to be doing a lot of stuff. So no, if you're kind of yeah, looking to do you some. You need to be planning now. And even, you know, like some of the timber work he loves doing this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um so give Dustin a call, 816-752-7390. Uh, he lives in St. Joe, Missouri. Uh, he kind of likes to keep around a 250-mile radius. Mm-hmm. But give him a call if you want him to do some stuff. Uh, if you mention our show, uh, just tell him you uh, heard about him through the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. You can get $50 off a site visit. He normally charges 250 Yeah. Normally charges 250 for those. You can get that for 200 yeah, if you, I mean, if you enjoy doing that type of work and thinking and, you know, tackle a little bit on your own, he'll come out and tell you his recommendations. Yeah, and you can get 150 off a site visit and a, a plan where he'll actually give you his his plan of action his and what idea. he would do. Um, he normally charges 750 for those. You can get that for 600 if you mention our perfect our, uh, our podcast. So, um, and I think the, that the plan and site visit includes, or the, the $600 thing that we just talked about that mm-hmm. includes the site visit right um so you wouldn't have to pay extra for a site visit so mention us and you can save some money um working with dustin he's great at what he does um really knowledgeable guy i would recommend you go back and listen to our show with him yes um it's pretty good so let's uh let's get into today's show yeah let's talk to mark you gotta you gotta do the thing now you're the the d- intro dude how do i say it again yeah you gotta say this oh sorry this is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Natural. 
Okay, with us tonight is author Mark Wallowitz. Mark, what's going on, bud? Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Andy's doing better than me. He's got himself a... Yeah, a good little drink. What do you got, a Pepsi and Coke or, what, or a rum and Coke or something? Uh, Jim, Jim and Pepsi. Jim and Pepsi. Okay, I'll take that, We're I guess. good. <laughs> I've got a lemonade from Sonic. It's it's my snow day drink. <laughs> but we got, oh, we didn't get as much snow as I thought we were going to today, but we got good good chunks. No. Mark Mark was actually supposed to come out to, a, to our neck of the woods, and he was going to sit down with us, and uh, Mother Nature decided not to be so nice today and i wasn't real excited about him driving from where he lives an hour our way um in this stuff and it it actually isn't that bad i had the i-70 shut down today for a while pretty bad two and a half hours yeah Yeah. so instead mark's on a zoom call with us but hey gotta make do yep so mark um we're excited to talk to you today it's about that time to start shed hunting um We've seen pictures on our social media accounts and stuff like that of deer already dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a buddy of mine sent a photo to us on our Facebook page. He had two bucks in his yard eating corn and only one antler yep. out of the two bucks. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, not set of antlers, one antler, yep. which means three of the right. other ones had already dropped. <laughs> uh, so um, before we get into kind of the topic today, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody kind of where you're from, and what's your favorite part of the Missouri outdoors? Okay. Uh, well, my name is Mark Wallowitz, and I'm originally from Indian Orchard, Massachusetts. I ended up out here in uh, Missouri when I was 18 years old, and I've been here ever since, off and on. Uh, what, the other thing you wanted was where what, your the, favorite, favorite thing? part of the Missouri outdoors. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's your favorite part about being here in Missouri and, and experiencing the outdoors? My favorite part about Missouri is the overwhelming opportunity to get outdoors. There's so much public access land in this state, and they manage it so well. I mean, when I was growing up in Massachusetts, uh, I hunted – year as many years as i was there i mean as long as as many years as i could hunt i was hunting and uh i literally never saw a live deer in the woods that entire time and when i came out here they're behind it they seemed like they were behind every tree because it's so well managed you know yeah i I, and i just went crazy with it when i got out here sometimes forget how fortunate we are here yep yeah how long you how long you lived here Oh, yeah, you had to ask. Like 30, uh, I think we're going on 33 years now. So you've lived here longer than you live there now at, that, at this point. You know? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah this, yeah, this is home. Yeah, yeah. so you're, you're an official Missourian then. No, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's been paying the taxes for the entire time. So, uh, so, okay, so did you grow up, I mean, in Massachusetts, you said you, you hunted. So did you grow up right. hunting, you know, and all that stuff and – and was shed hunting kind of always part of your life? No, shed hunting wasn't. Uh, squirrel, we hunted ruffed grouse, rabbit, pheasant, and uh, and my dad was huge into deer hunting. He had no idea what he was doing, but he loved it, and and I I loved it because he was always going and and taking me with him, and yeah, so we kind of grew into that together. But I didn't get into shed hunting until a lot, uh, you know I was out here for quite a while before that. Yeah. Nice. So what, what was that? I mean, what was that transition like? Uh, obviously we'll talk about the book 
and how that came about. But how did you start shed hunting? What made yeah, you kind of what was the start trigger that? that set that off? Okay, the the trigger that set that off was at, like it's in the title of the book. Everything that happened as far as shed hunting goes with me is accidental. I was actually pheasant hunting with a couple of army buddies of mine up in uh, northwestern Missouri, okay. and we were trudging across this the worst field I've ever been in <laughs> in my life. Uh, and these guys just didn't stop. They were just bird hunters. And uh, I was a deer hunter. I was used to sitting in a stand and waiting. And we didn't wait for anything on this pheasant hunt. And I was walking across trying to keep up with these guys. And I actually kind of tripped in the weeds. And luckily, I caught my balance. But when I set my foot forward to, to stop myself from falling, I actually stepped on an antler. And it kind of sprung up and hit me in the shin. (laughs) (laughs) And I I had no, at that point, I had no idea that deer even shed their antlers, uh, quite honestly. And I, I learned that shortly after that accident right there. And that, that was it. Fate just kind of smacks you, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Literally, it was literally, you know, you, you got hit into it (laughs) almost. Yes. And and it was, it was embarrassing too, because I wasn't quiet about it. I, (laughs) I, I I honestly thought I was, I got bit by a snake when that happened. I really did. Yeah. And I let everybody know it. (laughs) (laughs) Found some pheasants as a result because they all flew out of the field, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They could have, they could have flown, they could have flown wherever they wanted to. I couldn't have hit one if I tried. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So from that day, I mean, once you learned, you know, that the process of deer shedding, I mean, did you start off immediately just trying to find more or... I mean, how how did that next process work for you? I'd like to say that I that I did, but I didn't. Uh, I I carried that antler around for a while, and I was I had already begun bow hunting, which I had never done in my life. Uh, and and up in Massachusetts, it's shotgun only. So I really I was working with yep, and I was working with different rifles, and I was spending a lot of time. You guys have you know out here we have long long seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Massachusetts, it was one week. And that week was six days because hunting wasn't allowed on Sundays when I was that young. So, uh, so we had six days to hunt and we went at it. So no, it took, uh, it took a couple years after I found that one. And then I accidentally found a a set of antlers once while we were scouting locations for to set bow stands. And that I think really, that really triggered it and got me really into it. I started studying it and learning how it worked and uh it, the kind of the science behind it and and it just went from there yeah yeah that's um that i can't so when you're growing up you got six days a year to hunt uh to hunt deer yeah mm-hmm. wow, the other seasons uh, other seasons are longer but my my all-time favorite was deer hunting yeah because uh, you know, my dad and i would take off and we'd go up to my grandparents property uh and we basically would stay there for the whole week and it right. would be just, you know, him and I, and yeah, I mean, we had some good times up there. Yeah. Do you know, do you have any idea if Massachusetts has a bow season now? I mean, I uh, have, yeah, I they, no clue, they, but. yeah, they do. They have a bow season and they've come a long way, uh, in improving the, um, deer population up there. I, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, there were estimates that there were like 20,000 deer in the entire state when I was a kid. And now, I mean, they've even, they've grown into where you can take two deer 
uh, some okay. some years. So, so that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's no different really than Missouri. I can remember my father in law telling me when he was a kid, yeah. they would they would deer hunt, you know, here, and he grew up on a farm, and he would be yeah. excited to see a deer every year. Oh yeah, you yeah. I, I've heard stories like that too, where they'd call they'd call each other around to look at some tracks and tracks. Around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and now like we're actually going to talk about this. Uh, we we already talked about it in the intro to the show, but. I think like this year, Missouri harvested a grand total of almost like three hundred thousand deer this year, mm-hmm. with all the seasons combined. And you're, I think yeah. they think I think they say something about our herd being around a million deer That's in the state crazy. of Missouri. That's wild. And if you think about that, it's a lot of animals. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't feel bad about the whole not knowing deer don't shed or deer shed their antlers. Um, remember when we had? Uh, oh gosh. Uh, Lindsey Thomas Jr. on with uh, National Deer Association and he talked about how African animals they grow their horns I guess you call them their entire lives because they don't have the nutrients to be able to shed that antler every year and then regrow it back bigger. I must have missed that episode. And it's because we have such nutrients here in North America that a deer or an elk or a mule deer all those 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 uh cervid species can afford to drop their antler every year and bring right. it back uh you mm-hmm. know bigger than it was before um, yeah it it amazed me i was i was utterly amazed by it uh, when i learned it because I, I couldn't believe that something like that could grow that quickly yeah. you know and yeah it's very interesting to me yeah it's yeah. pretty crazy so uh once you got into shed hunting um what kind of i mean how did how did it go? I mean, what what was your choice? Did you just decide, hey, I'm going to go out walking around at first, or was Bullet involved from the very beginning? No, no, Bullet wasn't involved from the very beginning. It took a, a completely new accident for that to happen. A couple <laughs> of them, actually. <laughs> but no, uh, how it happened is, uh, like I said, we'd go out scouting every year. I mean, I was in the woods. I, I put a lot of time into deer hunting, a lot of effort. I would uh, I would purposely hunt where. Uh, on the opposites, you know, in, in different areas where the deer wouldn't come, uh, we'd find, oh, look at all these trails, look at all these bedding areas and everything. But I'd see a spot down by the river bank that I'd rather hunt. So I worked at creating, uh, you know, I'd make mock scrapes, mock rubs. Uh, I'd do calling. I did all sorts of things to get the deer to come to me. And I was, I was really into it. And I still wasn't finding any deer antlers on the ground and there were deer all around me. So uh, after I found the the set on the uh, fence line while we were scouting that one year. And I'm sorry, I can't remember what year it is. It's been a while. Um, I I decided that I was going to go ahead and add that to the, you know, to the rest of the year and I'd be in the woods all the time. So I started, uh, since I found that set right there on the fence line, it, it just made sense to me that this old boy probably just hopped the fence. And when he hit, it probably jarred the antlers loose and I mean, they were just laying there. So I started concentrating on things like fence lines, Creek crossings, ditch crossings and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I've always had, you know, pretty, pretty good success with those areas. And I'm pretty much stuck with that for a long time. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. When they, uh, uh, what do you call it? They, when it's getting ready to drop, I mean, any, any hard movement can cause it to, you know, come off that pedicle. Uh, I think it's the pedicle, right? Did I get that right? Yes, that's, that's correct. 
Uh, so don't look at me. Don't look at the expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how many yeah, sheds I found in my life? I think I found one, like, chewed up garbage one <laughs> one time. And yeah. I have the worst luck finding sheds. And then, you know, we'll be out with, uh, well, hell, me, you, and my brother-in-law, Russell. Russell, yeah. We were out driving on a ATV across a field one time. And Russell looks into the timber, and I bet it was, what, 80 yards away from us? It was, yeah. Uh, he looks into the timber and says, hey, stop, there's a shed right there. And uh, and it wasn't even that big of a shed. He just had the eye for it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we, and we were moving in the side-by-side, and he just picked it off, right? I mean, it was probably 20 yards in the timber, another 40, 50 yards from us. Yeah. I thought about um, starting – like maybe you did with Bullet and be like, hey, Russ, I'm going to train you how to find <laughs> sheds. You're going to come shed. Yeah. Go, boy, go. Yeah. So uh, so tell us, I mean, kind of get into the story with Bullet. Um, you know, the, the name of the book, which we have not said yet, is, uh, and tell me if I get this wrong, Mark, Bullet, sure. Training an Accidental Shed Dog. That's correct. So that is the name of it. In the title, there's a lot to think. You know, first off, I want to commend you on the name of your dog. Oh, uh, thanks. So, this is hilarious to me, but no one else thinks it's funny. My dog, his name is Trigger. Okay. And my plan, after having him, my plan was to have one of his puppies at some point. And we were going to have Trigger, and then his baby's name was going to be Bullet. Get it? Nice, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) kind of shot out of him, yeah. (laughs) But I don't think I'm going to get a puppy anytime soon, because... They're too much work for me with four kids. But anyways, I thought it was a genius plan. Just saying. So I yeah, love I'd, vote, I'd have voted for it. See? Yeah. see? Um, <laughs> don't, so I, don't encourage him. <laughs> <laughs> so love the name Bullet. Um, but, you know, in that title, there's a lot, a lot to unpack, right? Training an accidental shed dog. So yes. how, how did this come about? I mean, how did you, you know, did you have Bullet from a puppy? And then how did this start with him? All right. So, well, a bullet was an accident. We, uh, we had had another lab, but he was white. He was snow white lab and he was the biggest, dumbest dog you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and he wouldn't do anything. I, I, it, it, there's a a little story, a little side story in the book about, uh, my son when he was young, he wanted, he saw a duck hunting show once and he, and the guy, uh, Burt Jones, some old quarterback, was uh, hunting with us, and he had a white, he had kind of a whitish colored lab with him. And my son saw that, and he's like, "Oh, Dad, Dad, we got to go duck hunting." And uh, yeah, so Colt and I had a, a conversation about that, and he vetoed it. He was too lazy to go. He didn't want to <laughs> do it. We tried it one time. We tried it one time just to shut the kid up, I guess, really. But uh, uh, yeah, well, after 13, 13 and a half years, I think Colt was with us. Uh, he, he walked outside and decided he'd had enough and he just laid down and passed. Hmm. And it, it was, it was, it was tough around here for a while, uh, about three weeks, because after about three weeks, we heard about an accidental litter that some folks had had, and they were just going to basically, uh, get rid of, let's, I'll put it yeah, that way. They were yeah. going to get rid of all these puppies and we just happened to hear about it. And I mean, that's over an hour from here, from where we're at is where this happened. And so that, that day we were on the road and we went up there and some other people had heard about it too. And there was only one dog left and it, it was bullet. <laughs> and so we ended up with him. So that's how he came about. And, uh, um, 
So he, he lived, basically he lived Colt's life for four years, almost four years. Mm -hmm. And after, uh, in, in his fourth year, that's when my wife had, uh, an accident. See, it's, it's just one accident after another. I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, she actually, we were, we were getting Christmas out of the attic. That's where we keep it. And the fold down ladder, um, that comes from the ceiling. She actually fell from the top of that oh. and she injured her back. And I mean, if you, you know, I, I, I do a lot of hiking, but my wife D she could out hike me, uh, 10 times over. She loved hiking. We'd go shed hunting together all the time. We never thought to bring a dog, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, but after a year of sitting idle where I, I wasn't out shed hunting, she couldn't go and she just yeah. said well why don't you just take the dance she said take the damn dog <laughs> and 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 i thought to myself now why would i do that i mean at that point i had never even heard of such things um i and believe it or not i was on social media at the time i i belonged to a couple of shed hunting groups and things like that and i'd never heard of such thing and i asked her i said well what what good is he going to do me out there and she said well it, it, it whether he does you any good or not just take him. He needs the exercise because four years he was already starting to get a little bigger because <laughs> he, he, you know, that's all he did was lay around. Um, so I, I decided I'd take him after she told him, yeah, you want to go for a ride? You know, and now he's all excited because he loved to go in the car uh, or the truck. And uh, now he's all excited. So I was kind of stuck. And uh, so I, I packed up a, a little bowl of water and I took him. Well, before I left the house, I don't know why I had this idea. I'd never done this before, ever. I never heard of such a thing. But I just grabbed an, a little old forked antler that I had found probably a decade before. And I took it with me, and I stuck it in my pocket. And when we got out there uh, to where I wanted to go, which is the hottest spot I've ever found for shed antlers, which may have uh, contributed to his success. Might have helped uh, a little uh, bit, yeah. <laughs> but when we got there, you know, he acted like he always acted when he got out. He ran around all excited, you know. And I called him over to me. I said, come on, man, we're going to walk. And uh, I waved that antler in front of his face. And he he sniffed it and started licking on it a little bit. And I said, hey, you ain't, you're not eating that. And I stuck it back in my pocket. And I said, let's go. We're going to find him out there. You know, and I started calling. I said, we're going to find the bones and that that ended up being our target word our target command whenever i said bones that dog was on and now understand our house is full of antlers there's mm -hmm. antlers everywhere there's antlers on every coffee table and table bookshelf they're hanging from the ceiling they're on the floor they're everywhere and this dog never pay attention to an antler in the house never. <laughs> that's crazy even even after this he never paid attention to an antler in the house it was if we went outside and i said the word bones it, he turned on well, that day, I told him, I said, we're going to find the bones. You know, there's a lot of bones in here, boy. Let's go find them. And uh, he took off. He took off running. I mean, he literally took off. And if you ever seen the movie Funny Farm, uh, where uh, <laughs> Chevy Chase gets out of the vehicle when they move to the country and their dog just runs off into the distance and never comes back. Uh, that's what I thought was happening. Yeah. That's what I thought was happening. So I kind of freaked out. And I start calling for him and whatnot. And I was chasing after him, and I and I couldn't catch him. When I finally did catch up to him, he was just sitting on a deer trail, uh, facing me, with his tongue all hanging out, looking goofy. And he had an antler sitting there in front of him. 
And I was like, well, that's, cr- that's crazy. How did you find that? You know, how did, how did you do that? That has to be coincidence. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I gave him a pat on the head, told him good boy and all that, that stuff. And, uh, and told him, all right, that's enough. Let's go. We got some more walking to do. And then I started daydreaming about how great it was to have the only dog in the world that could do this. I mean, in my mind that I did, so I'd never right. heard of it. Uh, right. And then he, and then he went and found another, one. uh, he took off again and, Came back with another one, and I was just amazed. Well, later that day, this I is got all on the first trip. This is all the first day. Yep, Holy I, that dog had never been. Yeah, it was crazy. So when you, it's kind of, uh, I, I, what, what do you call that? Is it an, not an oxymoron? I'm trying to think. It's a little misleading. The the title is misleading. I, training the dog. Yeah, I don't know so much. I kind of trained him after the fact. Uh, once I saw that he could do it, because people started asking me, how did you do that? How did you teach your dog to do that? And I wouldn't answer. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> answer. And, and my wife says, well, why don't you just tell them what you did? What, you know, what happened? Yeah. Not, well, I'd have never, I'd have never thought of that, right. you know, my, on my own. Um, it's I, almost like um, training, training like Patrick, since we're, I'm a Chiefs fan, so is Andy. Mark, you live yeah. in Kansas City. You might be too. I don't know if you like the Chiefs or anything, but you know it's almost like yeah, someone helped Patrick Mahomes become a really great quarterback, but he already right. showed quite a bit of talent for it right, <laughs> right off the bat. So absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely. Now let me ask so, a yeah. question that people might be asking right now, listening to this. I've seen a picture of Bullet um, in in the stuff you sent us before this, but um, he looks a lot like a black lab. Do you know what he was or what he is? Yeah, he, he. We were told he's a black lab. I just went with that. Yeah. Uh, our vet, our vets agreed that he was a black lab, and so I really have no idea why these people were just going to get rid of these these dogs, but uh, hmm. but they were. Yeah, and we, we went up, and he was there, and we, they gave him to us. Nice. So, how old is Bullet now? Uh, Bullet is done now. Unfortunately, oh, I hate man. to Sorry I hate to, to report that. that. Uh, but, but he was ten and a half. He was mm. ten and a half years old, so he hunted sheds for about six and a half years. That's pretty good. Enjoyed himself for quite a while. Yeah, uh, it was his favorite thing to do besides eat. Yep. Nice. Mm. So, um, okay, so that first day obviously was amazing. You know, all you said was let's go find some bones, and he literally <laughs> went and did it. Um, yep. I mean, the best thing you might have done was take that little fork antler with you, and you yes. know, put it down and let him lick on it for a minute. And, yes. uh, you know, who knows what was in his mind at that point, right. but obviously it was antlers <laughs> from that point. Right. Uh, cause right. you said he found two more, two more antlers that day. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. We came home with three that day. I, I actually found one and, uh, and he found the other two. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So did a light bulb go off in your head like that day? Huh? This might be that, something I'm going to do. Very day. Yeah, that very day, because I wasn't sure that my wife was convinced that he had done all this. So uh, he was he was on the couch sleeping and uh, I wandered into the garage, which, I you know, I often did as I go out there and build something or tinker with something that needed tinkering. And uh, I grabbed a couple of antlers and I snuck out the back garage door into the yard and we got a pretty good size uh, place. So. And I put some antlers out, tossed them around. And some of them I literally just threw uh, into the weeds and the bushes and whatnot. 
and I let him sleep that night. And the next morning when, uh, when I got up, uh, he got up and he wanted to go outside and I told him, Hey, you're not just going out there for nothing. You're going to go find the bones. And he kind of cocked his head and looked at me. I said, yeah, there's bones out there, boy. And, uh, I walked out there with him and, uh, he took care of his business and then he came back and I said, Hey, you you haven't come back with any bones yet, boy, find the bones, you know, just like yesterday, there's bones out here. And, uh, and that was our, like our first training session uh, was the day after. And he, he looks at me and he's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it, it, dude, it, it, yeah, it was, cra- it was crazy. It was crazy like that because, uh, yeah, he acted like uh, he acted like he was the one in charge for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So did it work? Did he go get some out there in the yard or? Yeah, it, after about 20 minutes, he had found all five of them, including one that I hung in a tree. Uh, just to see if he could do that. And from there, we started training probably two, three times a week <coughs> and uh, during the week. And then on weekends, we were always out in the field, you know, hunting for real on real properties. Uh, I had the idea a little later, I would start hiding antlers on properties and then bring him back a couple weeks later just to keep him fresh. You know, I, I would do that in the summer and in the fall so that he'd stay in practice. And we, and yeah, and he did pretty well. He found a lot of antlers in his life. A any, lot of them. I say any idea, I mean, just to guess at like number wise, how many you found? You know, I, I was asked that question uh, a couple of months ago when I was actually talking to a real dog trainer. And it's in the it's in the hundreds oh, wow. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty. He awesome. had some real big years. That is awesome. So I guess I got us now. Have Have you started trying to train a, another dog or? Yeah, I've actually trained another dog, and uh, uh, and he does pretty well. And now I have this other dog. This <laughs> other dog. Yeah, and he's but he's a, he's kind of a knucklehead. Uh, how I, I, well, honestly, this one, he would follow bullet out and in the yard and that's how he started training. Cause he would just watch what bullet would do. Mm-hmm. And he's done that. And this is Zeke. He's a, a German shepherd lab mix. And mm-hmm. uh, he would follow bullet around well, like a puppy and uh, do whatever bullet did. So when bullet was training in the yard, Zeke started training in the yard. The problem is, is when you take him out in the field on his own, he didn't have bullet to, to, you know, to mimic. Yeah. So he would just do his own thing, which was, well, anything except what you wanted him to do. So <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a knucklehead. I'm still working with him. He's like three and a half now. So, um, he's, he's kind of slow, but, but it's fun to take him anyway. I don't care. You know? yeah. yeah. So, I mean, going back to training bullet, um, obviously, I mean, it, it he kind of started it on his own the first time mm-hmm. you guys went out. And then the next morning, uh, you had him had him go find some stuff in the yard, and he did it. So yeah. you might have had a nice head start with him. Um, you know, he he just showed that possibly that uh, that natural inclination to to like to do it. But right. what are some other things you did with him, training wise, and now that maybe you're doing with your other two, that you know someone who's who maybe has a dog that they would mm-hmm. like to take shed hunting with them. Um, sure. And also probably, you know, like me and Andy, if I had a dog, I probably wouldn't go spend money taking them to a, a trainer or whatever, you know, a, a professional trainer, not because I don't think they can't do it, but because right. I'm a cheap ass right. and I wouldn't do it. 
What are some right. things that, you know, some people could do um, that you did to kind of help, you know, their dogs get better at it okay. or get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, no matter what age they are, um, all the dogs that I've uh, looked at and, and worked with, the, fir- the very first thing is you got to determine if they have the drive to do it. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to fetch. If you can, if that dog will fetch an antler um, and, and come back happy every time with it, whether I, whether he brings it to your hand immediately or if he just runs around with it, um, if he if he's interested in it enough to fetch it time and time again, uh, okay, there's something you look at in a dog and say, okay, he's he's probably got enough in him where it'll be worth the time to to give this a shot. And then you just got to understand the science. There's so many people who, and that's one thing that I did with Bullet, um, is after after the first few days, first few weeks, I, I started looking into, well, how does this dog know to do this? And I studied all about their, uh, you know, their sense of smell, their eyesight, their hearing, and they use they use all five senses in finding these things. People think it's just the nose, but once the nose is engaged, it, now you have to engage the eyes because he's got to look for something that looks like that when he smells that. Otherwise, he's not going to, you know, mm-hmm. he'll find a lot quicker. And he's and he's hearing, he's listening to you um, with your commands, telling him what he's supposed to be doing. I mean, if you just go out there, if he doesn't hear it, uh, well, there you go. And uh, then when he goes to bite it, you know, when he goes to pick it up, what's it feel like? Does it feel like an antler? There's a lot of people, there's a lot of trainers, and they have some success, and I'm not – trying to like, uh, you know, downplay what they do. What they do is what they do. But when the dog goes to pick it up, does it feel like an antler? You know, does yeah. it feel like what he's looking for? So there's everything is involved. And um, I, I was just astounded by the dog's sense of smell. Um, that absolutely blew my mind that their their noses are, are they're not even built like our noses. They have things in there that we just don't have. And I mean, they can inhale without breathing. They can inhale just for the purpose of smelling something. Um, and it, as much as 80% of the breath they take in through their nose is diverted away from their lungs and into special scent chambers that pick out all these different scents. And that's how they, you know, they, they view their world basically through their nose. And we, we can't do that. No, so, no. So, I mean, they get, so they're purposely smelling and they're set up their faces. And, you know, you see like those, uh, like bloodhounds have the big floppy ears, you know, and that's a, those are scent gathering devices that gather the scent to the front of their face so they can breathe in through this side of the nose. And they can also do that, by the way, they can breathe through one side or the other. And that's how they determine what direction the scent is coming from and all that. And it just is, it's amazing. So if you understand those kind of things, you kind of tailor your training to that. And that's a, that's what I did. So it sounds like uh, once you took Bullet out and then had the kind of the mini training session the second day, yeah, you became – because you weren't a dog trainer before all this. No. Like you didn't no. – this wasn't something Not you did. Not by a long shot, yeah. <laughs> so um, you – it sounds like you became just as interested in, in learning more about how to train with bullet as he was to now find sheds with you. Yes. Yeah. And, oh yeah. You know, you just talked about all the stuff you learned in the next few weeks that you just told us, which I heard something. Yep. I don't remember how much stronger a deer's nose is 
than a human's. But we all know how well deer smell, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Like, that's how they're going to beat you in the woods. Yep. I read something, and I know a coyote is not exactly like a dog, but a coyote's nose is seven times stronger than a deer's. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is, you know, hundreds if it, not thousands of times stronger than ours. Oh, it's true. It's true. You know? And, uh, yeah, and I use the example, I use the example of bacon in the, in the book, uh, you know, I can smell bacon cooking and we liked, Oh, I, you know, I love bacon so much. I can smell that a mile away. Well, you can smell it probably in the same house or building. And I mean, if, uh, but a dog, a dog could smell it. I mean, in, in over, a you know, uh, say 50 square miles, he, he could smell one. Cause all it takes is one molecule of the scent he's looking for to hit that nose and, and he's on it. Yeah. Know? It's yeah. incredible. So what's some of the things you immediately started doing with bullet then, you know, as you started researching and, uh, and then as that time went, at what point in time with bullet, did you decide, you know what, I'm going to write a book about it. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, and and the thing you sent us, you know, it's a, it's a book, you know, you kind of, uh, you kind of talk about, you know, writing a dog training book as opposed to a, a manual um, on dog training, yep. you know, what yep. are some of the things you started doing with bullet and then how did that transition into writing a book about it? Well, uh, basically we just kept training and going to the field and finding a bunch of antlers and I kept trying to field questions from, you know, hundreds of people, uh, how, you know, can, can I do this with my dog too? Uh, what should I start with? How do I do this? My dog is this old. My dog is this young. And I would, I spent a lot of time sitting there at the computer that I could have been out in the woods, uh, typing answers to these people. And then one, one day I just woke up and I, I said, you know what? And this was one of the first ideas that I had on my own. My wife had no part of this. I actually <laughs> thought of it myself. I woke well, and it turns out I was wrong. So uh, <laughs> uh, I woke up and I said, "You know what? Instead of telling these people one by one, why don't I just write a book about it? I'll write a dog training book specifically tailored to uh, shed dogs." And I tried, and I tried for a very long time to do that. And it was going to be a textbook. It was going to be just a, a manual like you'd find at the pet store, uh, how to train your dog to sit or stay. It does. It, it was going to be just cut and dried training. Mm-hmm. So I sat there and I, I started banging that out. And the more I worked on it, the, le- the, the I guess the less I got done because I kept on veering off into stories mm. about, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you should teach a dog to use his nose. Like that one time that Bullet did this out in the woods or did that. And I'd have 100 pages of just this story. And, you know, and you look through it. There's not a bit of training in there. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'm supposed to be writing a training book, and I, I just couldn't do it. So finally, uh, after struggling with that for a while, I, I threw it in the trash, and I decided I would just write that. That's instead. cool. I mean, there's training in the book. There's training in the book. You can read the book and pick out the parts if you want to, but the story is really what I ended up wanting to tell. Yeah, yeah. nice. Okay, so kind of tell – I got – kind of two more questions i guess um maybe some more here in a second but tell the listener a little bit about the book without you know giving it away um but tell them what kind of what the book's got in it what they can expect and then 
I also selfishly kind of want to hear, I'm assuming you got some stories about Bullet in the book, but what is one of your favorite stories with him while he was with you? Oh boy, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. That's why. That's why I gave you a preamble. I, I gave you a time yeah, to think about it. Yeah, I'll think it. about that. <laughs> I'll think about that while I try and answer the other one. Um, okay, so the book is basically the story about how I became completely obsessed with deer hunting. Uh, first and foremost, was deer hunting, and how over time that transitioned through a series of mishaps and crazy things uh, into this shed hunting uh, pursuit and how this dog somehow I ended up with this dog who had this obsession built in with already. I mean, he was, he was, and oh, I'm supposed to stick to the book. Sorry. He was, nope, so, that's okay. he was go so where you need intense. to go. <laughs> he was so intense. He would wear me out. I'd be ready to go back to the truck and he'd be like, no, no, there's something over the next hill. We got to keep going. And the places we ended up, the uh, you know, the hour or two long shed hunts that turned into overnighters and things like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was crazy. He was crazy with it. And uh, and when when and I in the book, it's like we decided to sit down and write write our story so that uh, we could share that with other dogs, not not with other humans so much as far as he was concerned. He didn't care about that, but. Uh, that that's basically the gist of the book and there's a lot there's some science lessons in there about you know their eyesight and their nose and why you want to do this and why you want to do these certain things in the training um it's mostly the taste and the and the to taste feel and and the uh scent you know um the eyesight it comes in after they they get on the get on the bone uh they, then that's when they use their eyes but uh and like your commands and how important that is. Uh, I learned a long time ago that, and I, of course I didn't do it with bullet, but uh, dogs with short names, you know, single syllable or a name you can shout out fast uh, works better. And the same thing with your, with your commands, you know, they, they really, they respond very well to single syllables. So bone is fine. And it's something we don't use in any other context with our dogs at all. I mean, I've got a couple dogs sitting here right now uh, outside the camera view. They, they don't even react when you say bones because there's no such thing as bones in our house. Uh, when they get treats, it's not, you know, some people say yeah. like milk bone or whatever. We don't call it that. We, we call it treats. And uh, so the only time a dog in our house ever hears the word bones is when we're looking for antlers. And that's very important. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to confuse him. He's like, well, wait a second. Now you said that bones were this. And now you're saying that this is a bone. Now he doesn't right. know what to do. What, what am I, I supposed to I get find? It. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want him looking for him in the house because they're everywhere. And I don't want him chewing them up. <laughs> yeah. And that, that leads to, there's some more of that. In the, there's some of that in the book, too. Uh, I, I never use uh, sense or training props other than the real thing. That's all there is on there. I don't soak the antlers in water when I train. I don't put in, I mean, they're selling synthetic paste and all mm -hmm. kinds of things now. And I just don't believe in that because I studied the dog's nose, uh, their sense of smell and you know what it, the natural sense or whatever, there's always something in there to hold it together or to make it this color or that. And you never, you can't tell what scent the dog is locking onto. Only he knows that. And so that's, I keep it as, as real as possible. And that's in the book. 
And then it's basically, yeah, go out and have a good time with your dog, whether, you know, not all dogs are going to do this. I mean, uh, there's German shepherds that flunk out of, uh, you know, police academy because they just don't feel like, you know, they can't catch on. They don't feel like doing it. Uh, Wrong temperament. Yeah. So, um, but the, I think that the gist of it, especially now after, uh, you know, uh, the last month or so, I've been out shed hunting by myself and that's, that's weird. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah if you can take your dog out there teach him something maybe he leads you to an antler maybe he doesn't but you're gonna have a good time out there so you know so do you think about. do you think having all the antlers around your house already and you know bullet was comfortable with them being around and was you know to mm-hmm. him those belonged in your house do you think that right. that was part of it where he caught on so quick was hey these things go home like these are these are supposed to be at the house not in the woods yeah that that could that could be that could be although he wasn't above picking up some old you know uh skull or whatever that he find out there but well i mean we have some of those we have some of those in the house too we have a whole tree full of antlers and skulls beaver skulls and whatnot um so that yeah that might have helped out (laughs) it probably did nice probably did what's uh what's one of your favorite stories with him yeah, I've I've been trying to think about it. Uh, let's see. Or do you have the biggest shed he's? I was going. I was. That was maybe. The, What's what, the you, biggest shed he's found? Yeah. Oh God! Uh, as far as I know, I don't. I I don't really put tape on on any of these. I probably his. Jeez, God. Well, he. I know he found that set. He found a set one time. And I, if I had known, man, if I'd have known you're going to ask stuff like that, I got <laughs> ready to go. I got antlers like every everywhere. Uh, oh, okay. Here, one of my fa- one of my favorite uh, times out anyway with him was we were at uh, Platte Falls Conservation Area. Again, public land in Missouri, you can't mm-hmm. beat it. And um, there, uh, we went up there. I think it was late January one year. And uh, when we got up there, there was a couple of trucks already parked in the in the area that we were gonna we were gonna shed hunt. And he kind of he kind of looked at the, the other vehicles. Most of the places we went, uh, there was nobody there. It was great, um, but so he starts sniffing around, and I wondered if they had dogs with them, you know. And uh, so we went about our business and whatnot. And we ended up crossing paths with a couple of guys, and they thought it was crazy that I had this dog out there uh, with me uh, to find him because apparently they had never heard of such a thing either. Mm-hmm. And Bullet kind of sat there, and he listened to us talk, and these guys were basically saying, yeah, they didn't think that this dog could find anything out there. And we, so we left. We parted company, and we went. We continued on, and it, it, oh, maybe – Maybe a quarter of a mile, we followed, we we passed each other on the trail, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe a quarter mile from where we met these, these guys, all of a sudden bullet took off just to the side of the trail there. And he's, and I could tell by that time he was, you know, I'd been doing this long enough where I could tell he was on to, he was fine. He was looking for something. And he came out of there with a, it, it's broken up a little bit, but, and I don't know how long this thing sat there. But a really old fourteen-point uh, deadhead. Oh wow! Uh, that, that that those guys had walked past just you know, 
10, 15 minutes ago. And they were saying that the dog probably couldn't find something. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's one of my favorite stories right there. That, that's a story you're not going to find in the book. That's not in there, but yeah. So did you get yeah, the satisfaction of uh, meeting back up with them in the parking lot and showing it to them? When, yeah, when we got back, <laughs> when we got back, uh, we sat, we actually beat them back to the parking lot. Um, and so we just sat there for a while. Bullet had a little bit of food and water and uh, yeah, and out they came. And so I asked them if they had found anything out there and they said they hadn't. And uh, I said, well, we don't, this is all we found, you know, this is all the Bullet found that a little while after we talked to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> still pretty cool yeah that's a good story yeah yeah so, 14 point he'd been there a minute though yeah what, would he just i mean grab him and bring him back to you did he like bark on point or like what what was no, he, yeah he wouldn't point and he and he he was a quiet dog mm-hmm. i mean he was a very quiet dog you could have called him silent please is it silent bob is that like some yeah. kind of character <laughs> off the simpsons simpsons yep. <laughs> but but this dog this dog was very quiet. He wouldn't bark and he wouldn't point. He would just basically take off and, you know, and, and take off <laughs> when you found him, when you, he'd either bring he, I'd say 50, 50, retrieve it to hand, uh, versus sit there and wait for you. So he could laugh and say, see, <laughs> yeah. oh, look what it. I found. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. It is awesome. Okay. So, uh, a few things before we wrap this one up. Um, yeah. first, if somebody wants to buy a copy of your book, because uh, you are obviously an author now, you wrote this book, and you actually have other books that you have either oh, written yeah. or getting close to done with, one of the two. And uh, yep. if somebody wants to buy a copy, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, social media, whatever, you know, however you want to give them that information right now. And then we'll tag you also, okay. but give it to them now. Okay. The, the easiest way to do it is just go to, just get on Amazon. Uh, and search the book section and just my name that Mark Wallowitz is probably the easiest way or you can type in the bullet training an accidental shed dog too if you can't spell my last name you can write all that <laughs> spell it spell um, it for him right now on the uh okay it's mark with a k and it's w o l o w i c z c is in cat z is in zebra um yeah, Mark Wallowitz. That's all you have to type in there. And I'm—I don't know if I'm the only Mark. I'm no—I'm not the only Wallowitz on there, but I'm the only Mark Wallowitz. I think uh, on Amazon somewhere. Oh. So the book will pop up. And uh, oh, hey, yeah. And all the proceeds from the sales of the book here going forward. Uh, since um, when did I start that? On the 21st of December. Since the 21st of December, uh, going forward, all all the money from bullets book are uh, it's all going to uh, that angel vets i don't know if you guys ever heard of angel vets out there up in savannah missouri okay uh, angel vets is a non-profit uh vet clinic in savannah missouri they do everything for your animals basically at cost um and they take such good care of the animals and that's where uh when bullet got sick that's where we took them and they took real good care of us and real good care of him. And uh, when we brought him home, uh, they were calling us every day to check on him and uh, see how things were going, if there was anything more they could do. So they also run awesome. an animal shelter up there, too, for uh, not only pets, but for wild animals. They've got hundreds of animals up there that they take care of, and it all comes out of their pockets or donations. So um, 
yeah, I'm giving all the, all the money that I make on Bullets Book now goes to that. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll be sure to cause. We'll be sure to tag them as well, and you know, if yeah. anybody wants to uh, donate to them and help them out with uh, taking care of animals, uh, uh, they can absolutely. Do that. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be great. And then uh, I, I do have an email, uh, a dedicated email for this. And well, and I say dedicated, it's for the it's for my writing and for my YouTube channel, uh, which is Show Me Shed Antler Hunting. Okay. Uh, you can you you know they can reach me through there or through markwallowitz.author at gmail.com. Awesome. And we'll, like I said, we'll tag all your social media in the, the, uh, the release of this episode too. And then one last thing before we get off, uh, we talked before Mm -hmm. recording, but, uh, we got a cool little announcement announcement for the uh, listeners. Um, we're going to give away a copy of your book to one of our lucky listeners. Um, but we got to think of a cool little question from the episode to ask the uh, listeners of this episode. So if you if you want to win a copy of this book, um, we're going to give away one of Mark's books to uh, a lucky listener. Um, after you've listened to this episode, you're going to DM us the answer to this question from the episode. Um, How I, many points was the deadhead that bullet dude? Found? I was just going to say, <laughs> hey, I, see, hey, hey, and you said what? I, well, I don't know. If it, did he say that before recording or after recording the the the? the beverage of choice for this, uh, this episode. (laughs) See, and I'm sitting here and and you see, look, I got my coffee cup, my coffee cup. I'm just sitting here drinking coffee. That's all I'm doing. And while you're telling, uh, asking what, what question should we ask? And in my head, I was like, yeah, how many points is that in your face, deadhead? So there you go. How many, how many points was that in your face, deadhead? Um, that, uh, that bullet found, um, how many points was that deer? DM that to us on our Instagram or our Facebook or our Go Wild account. Yep. And that will enter you into the drawing. Um, this episode will come out on Tuesday. What is that? February so the 9th? 8th? 8th. 8th. be 8th. And uh, we'll probably do the drawing on that Friday. We'll do the drawing on Friday. And then yep. we'll get you in contact with Mark about getting getting a copy of the, the book. And... Um, uh, before we get off, Mark, is there anything else that you wanted to kind of discuss? No, I'll tell you though, with the contest, I'll go ahead and say that, you know, the book will be signed and all the books, every copy of the book has a, you know, it's a printed signature from bullet, uh, because we made him stamp his, uh, <laughs> we stamped his front paw and we, we scan that in. Uh, so when the book was published, it has his signature in the back. And uh, we'll go ahead and do that. Yeah, and that's I, cool. That'd be great. Um, yeah. You know, people might want to know this, and uh, sorry for bringing it up, but how long ago did you lose him? Uh, uh, he he bullet died on the twenty first of December. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, it's been recent. Yeah. Yeah. Last. What, well, now going on two months now. Yeah. You know what, man? I mean, when did you and I first? It wasn't long after that. Yeah, no. I was gonna say. I mean, that had to be. <laughs> beginning of january so yeah man I w- that's too bad it, i mean obviously dogs hold a is. special it, spot in people's hearts and so it's sometimes hard to lose them for sure it's always hard to lose them but uh and a lot of people wondered how i you know because i mean the next day the the next day i was online uh looking at how to start a foundation mm-hmm. i um i was doing all all i was doing all kind of bullet related things the 
Now, that, that's some kind of weird noise. I might have a raccoon in my ceiling right oh, now. No. So, uh, I just heard a weird sound go across the top of the uh, above <laughs> me here by the fireplace. Uh, that'd be great. Um, hopefully anyway, it was just ice sliding uh, off the roof. Uh, well, hopefully that's all it was. It could be that too. But uh, people ask me, well, how, how are you doing all this? Are you okay and all that? I was like, yeah, you know, one bad day. Actually, with Bullet, we had two bad days. And part of it is a story that I won't tell. It's in the book. Um where uh, we thought we we thought we were going to lose him when he was just uh, he wasn't even I, don't, I he was maybe a year old uh, and he did something really stupid mm-hmm. and uh, that oh that's there there's some, some more training how not to you know how to train your dog not to chase animals yeah. uh, not to chase animals in the woods because uh, bullet would chase anything he would chase cats squirrels rabbits whatever and uh, and he learned the hard way why he shouldn't be chasing animals and that's what that story is because mm. uh, we thought we thought he was gone then so in ten and a half years of having this fabulous dog that has launched me into who knows what in the future uh, as far as the book goes and everything else two bad days can't ruin that ten and a half years man it yeah. can't it's you know yeah that's awesome he man. was a great dog yeah that's awesome. Well, Mark, we really appreciate you coming on and kind of telling a little bit of the story. Um, you know, we're, I appreciate you having me on. We were really excited to uh, to tell people more about the book. Um, you know, you you sent us a kind of a, I guess you'd call it a media kit about the book. And, you know, yeah. I got really interested in learning the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, it's a perfect time of the year to do it as, you know, deer starting to drop their antlers. Shed, shed hunting oh, is, yeah. uh, is on topic. So, you know, we really, uh, we really hope we can, um, you know, get some folks to to go towards your book. And like like Mark said, if you go buy his book now, you're helping angel vets in Savannah, Missouri now. Yep. Um, yep. And even if you, uh, and you might learn a thing about shed hunting. Exactly. And if you're not a reader and you just want to help out angel vets, get a hold of them. Um, they're the name is Angel oh, Vets yeah. in Savannah, Missouri. Look them up, and you, yep. I mean, Google is an amazing thing. You can mm-hmm. find anything anymore. So. Um, yep. we really appreciate you coming on and tell the story about bullet. It's, it's an awesome story. Both of us have dogs and it's, uh, you know, it's cool to hear cool uh-huh. stories about dogs and, and all that Thanks. fun stuff. I appreciate it. All right, bud. Well, we're going to let you go and we'll, uh, we'll heart you later. All right, sir. Thanks. Have a great all right. night. All right, man. That was good. That was good. That was an interesting story <clears> and <throat> a very unique story. You don't often hear of, you know, uh, really enjoyed that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just a unique situation of a dog taking off and yeah. finding really what what it and its owner loved. Kind of sucks. I, I I wasn't aware that Bullet just passed away. No, you know, I wasn't either. Not even two months ago. And I hate that for him. I do know that we didn't know this. He told us this during the show that all the proceeds of his book going to the Angel Vets mm-hmm. up in Savannah, Missouri. Now is pretty damn cool. Yeah, make sure um, we link that so we'll, they can we'll definitely try to link them. I don't know who they are until we just recorded with mark so we'll i'm gonna try to find them and uh you know even if you're not a book reader and don't really feel like buying mark's book um you know maybe you want to help out angel vets and, and if i'm not mistaken he said they're not for profit they are they're not for profit basically just to, to help and, out. and uh what do you call it rescue yep help out animals and people that that really need it and people i mean the if, owners. I, if i need like a horse drink i can but, go up there and get one but, but the owners of the you know, <laughs> shut up <laughs> Is that a thing though? Can you go get a horse drink from a vet clinic if you need one? I'm gonna get you one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that was pretty awesome to learn in the show. Are you, you try not to laugh. No. Hey, I, no. I'm not gonna expect anything of you. 
Okay, if this is about that time, you've had the vid. I'm well aware you've had the vid, but do you have something loaded up for me? No, not really. I've been, I told you, it took some out of me. I just uh, haven't been prepared. Heck, I even told the wife I was only going to hunt half a day. Yeah? Yeah. She was mad when I told her seven to seven was half a day. That was bad. It's 24 hours. <laughs> seven to seven is half a day. That was bad. Is that is that your that's your dad joke that for the my, day? As I told you, that was my attempt. It was. Uh, I'm going to give you an F on that one, <clears> but <throat> hey, I'll, I'll let you pass. Let us know what you think that's of Andy's dad joke. That's this just because he had to take off his shoes to count to twelve. Figure out it was only twelve <laughs> out of twenty-four. <laughs> that was better than the first joke. <laughs> hey, let me let let us know what you think of Andy's dad joke this week. Just I just mean, as was, you know, thought that was pretty good. I'm, I keep trying it and it never works. Micah did some stupid shit last week. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what he did. Did you listen to it by chance? I, I didn't catch that one yet. Uh, he did something dumber than hell, and then I'm like, "You can't do the dad jokes." That's Andy's thing. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll let you have that one. But yeah, I'm expecting this every week, right, so you well, need to start bringing I'll have it. Have to brush up on some new ones, buy a new book or something. Yeah. So uh, anyway, appreciate Mark coming on. And if you don't got anything else, that's it. See you guys. <laughs>